Welcome into the Mike Herndon Show, week four. And we're finally uh, going to be talking about a Titans victory uh, after several weeks into the season now. I am Mike Herndon. I'm joined by Easton Freeze, our uh, producer and the director of public published content for broadwaysportsmedia.com. And, uh, of course, that's the website that we are brought to you by as well. And uh, welcome in. Hey, Mike. How are you, man? I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, a little easier to talk about this game than it was the week two debacle. So no kidding. Little, no uh, kidding. A little bit more fun to discuss. Yeah, definitely going to be more fun and uplifting this episode. Also, I think going to be different than the episodes we've done so far. We've got a lot of film to go over that you want to get into this week. And uh, we're going to be putting a lot of that out for free this week. So a little bonus to those of you stingy greed dirtbags out there that just won't pay for a Broadway insider pass. You should, because half of the show is still going to be behind the paywall, but a good bit of it is going to be out in front of the paywall and public for everybody to get a little, maybe a little sneak peek as to what they're missing out on the Mike Herndon show. Give you a reason to go and subscribe. Let's just dive into this, this uh, film that you've pulled a number of clips here from the Titans Raiders matchup this past week. And it kind of is all encompassing. We're going to be talking about, a lot of different topics. Uh, the first of which that you want to get into here is what worked so well in the first half. So I guess we're going to stay on that positive theme and talk about what went so well for the first half. The Titans looked really good. Yeah, the, the Titans obviously came out, scored on their first three possessions, touchdowns. Um, and, you know, the, off, the the defense was a little shaky uh, out of the gates. They gave up a, a field goal and a touchdown on the first two drives before settling in and, and playing pretty well towards the end of the first half. Uh, but the offense really came out hot, um, had their best game, obviously, uh, of the season to this point. And I think the biggest thing that really – buoyed their their performance this week was getting back to uh the run game and and getting the run game going and i think some of that is is the raiders defense maybe isn't as uh as stout up front as certainly the bills and and you know maybe you know you can maybe even argue the giants um but the the Titans did look better. They they looked more cohesive in the run game. They brought out a few interesting wrinkles and concepts uh, that we'll get into here. But we can start with kind of a, a bread and butter play that the Titans love to run, and it, it's just you know their their basic outside zone. And this is one uh, they hit several times in the game, and and you can see. I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference this week from uh, a run game standpoint was. Henry's decisiveness. I, I thought he was very decisive in this game. We still didn't see any of the the like necessarily like breakaway speed or, or home run plays necessarily, but it was a better performance from Henry. And you can see this is a good example of that. You know, Nate Davis does not really get the reach on his block there, but he is able to Henry sees it immediately, is able to cut it back and get upfield, break a few tackles and pick up a good chunk gain. Uh, early in the game. And another thing to point out here, uh, I thought Aaron Brewer had by far his best game uh, of the season so far. And this is a really great backside block by him. That's exactly how they teach it in practice, getting your, your inside, or I guess getting your outside arm inside of that shoulder pad and almost kind of 
forklifting that guy up. So you're trying mm-hmm. to get in, get get leverage, and then raise him up and run with him. So you're running the track with him. That's exactly how they coach it in practice. And Brewer did a great job on that play and really created that running lane for Henry there. Um, and this next one is is going to be similar, uh, similar play call, flip to the opposite side. Um, this time they're uh, they're going to get. You'll see Dennis Daly. Uh, keep an eye on him at the front front side of this play. He actually trips and falls and doesn't know, block anybody. I um, noticed this during the during the game. This is the one thing besides Henry that I took away from this play, and it was one of the things I was looking for when I came back and watched it. But you're right. Despite Dennis Daly, this is a pretty good play for the Titans. <laughs> and, and he's right and, here. He is on the ground, wondering what's going on. Despite his failed effort here to block anybody, there, there's your boy right there. Exactly. And, and the funny thing here is it, this is kind of, you know, you go back and you talk about like offensive line chemistry. And this is one of those things that I think is, it has to be worked out. And when you're putting a new player into a position, playing next to guys that he hasn't played against or played next to before, these are some of the things that are going to happen. These things, offensive line blocking is very choreographed and synchronized and like they have to be tight in their movements and Aaron Brewer is so quick. I mean, for an offensive yes. lineman, he is super, super quick. Uh, and he gets out of his stance so fast. And Daly's just a beat slow. And he just steps right on his foot. Like, that's <laughs> not Brewer's fault. Daly's got to get out of his stance quicker there. Um, yes. But it's something that Daly's going to have to get used to playing next to Brewer because Brewer is a freak athlete. Uh, you know, obviously undersized, but he is a freak athlete for a guard. And it is going to be different playing next to him versus playing next to other guys. Um, but that was a really well-blocked play um, that the Titans were able to, you know, overcome daily, obviously not, not contributing, which uh, on the front side of a run is, is pretty impressive. Um, but we can jump into a, another wide zone here. Um, you know, the, again, Titans bread and butter type of play. Uh and you've got one thing I, I want to point out on this one. You've got new uh, new signing Kevin Raider uh, over from the Steelers practice squad. He's the outside. You were big on him as a blocker this week, despite was, uh, a little bit of ridicule for being high on, on Mr. Raider here. I, I mean, it, look, it's the most Titans tightening of all time. They signed really a, is. a uh, big lumbering tight end off the Steelers practice squad and and play him more snaps than Chickaconquo. But look, he had a really nice game as a blocker, both in the pass game and in the run game. They they did bring him in. Uh, they kept him in to block and, and help out the tackle several times, which we'll talk about a little bit more later. Um, but this is a really nice combination block by Daly and Brewer on the front side. And then uh, Nate Davis is really the guy I want to highlight on this one. Watch what Nate Davis does from an athletic standpoint to go get Jayon Brown. The angle he had to to oh wow yeah play on this was almost impossible. I mean, Brown is a gap and a half ahead of him at the snap, and he goes and gets him, uh, gets enough of him to to be able to give Henry something to work off of, and that is phenomenal. He's Gar- having to run nearly fully east west there to get to the right place to get a two hundred and twenty five pound guard as as a three hundred and twenty pound tackle or uh, right. guard, or. 225-pound linebacker as a 320-pound right. guard. That and not just crazy. block him that direction. You then have to get there and block him back the other way, which is the hard part, right? Yeah, yeah. that is that is a really tough block, and it is super impressive. 
what he's able to do there. And then you also get Jeff Swaim doing a good job finishing his block down downfield here too. Um, it really, really well blocked play. Like this is this is prime Titans football right here running this I wide. I believe spot. it was their biggest run of the week, if I'm not mistaken. I think this was, was the longest it, play. It was. I think it. Uh, it may be the wrong, longest run of the season. Actually, it may be. I think it may be the only run they've had this year over 20 yards. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. So you know those are those are their bread and butters, and they were they were able to hit uh several of those those were there were three of the best obviously but then they also were able to throw in some new wrinkles which i really liked uh they had this uh counter uh this kind of power counter look uh that they were able to block up well you see tory carter getting the lead block in there um you know running behind again uh brewer and that interior trio, I thought, did a really nice job in this game. You see uh, Jeff Swaim getting down to the second level and, and getting a good block on Jayon Brown again here. Um, this, or no, I'm sorry, yeah, it is Jayon Brown that he gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they do a really nice job blocking this up. And this this counter look, it's not it's something that they've done before. Like this isn't brand new to them, but it's something that they're featuring a little bit more frequently uh, this year than they have in years past. And I think it's a good look for them because it does give them something to kind of pause these linebackers and these uh, these defensive linemen from over-pursuing because, uh, you know, a lot of times you see, you know, first movement, these guys get on their horse and go because they're trying to beat Henry out to the spot against these, you know, wide zone runs that they know the Titans love. Well, when you get, you know, a little bit of a, a counter look, you're able to get them maybe taking a step wrong and then give better angles for your offensive line uh, to be able to create some space for Henry in the run game. So I, I really liked this. And then the very next play, watch what they do. This, this is the very next snap. Well, hang on, Mike, before I, before we get to that, I wanted to play the layman real quick. If some of okay. our viewers aren't as up to date in tune with some of the technical um, X's and O's vernacular that we're using, what's different about this counter look from their, their wide zone that they like to run. So basically your know, wide zone is, is a, Di- more or less diagonal run you know that the, the back is taking a uh, path that takes him to generally the outside hip of the tackle and and then the offensive line is all blocking in that same direction and trying to create right lanes for whether it be on the front side or as a cutback but here you're going to see nate davis the right guard pull uh you're going to see derrick henry take a counter step so he's going to fake go into the right and then come back left and then mm-hmm. Tory Carter taking that kind of weaving path around Tannehill, starting right and then weaving back left to go into the hole. So the 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 idea is you're trying to send the linebackers just a step to the right to create better angles for your offensive line and, and your tight ends and your fullback to be able to to create this crease off of the left side. So they do a really nice job blocking it up there. Right. And I love this. Uh, counter to the counter um, that they threw out here. Yeah, this is that next play right after that that play yeah. we just showed. And they show again a counter step, but then they mm. throw the reverse to Burks here. Um, and and honestly, if you really look at this play, this nearly goes for six. Uh, watch Nicholas Petit Frere. He needs he needs to cut back and take that take safety. his last yep safety yep. He needs to take that safety because Swaim has the corner, right? The Swaim has the corner dot. I'm not sure why he was looking for the corner there. 
Um, yeah, he sees his man just a, a tick too late. If he yeah. committed earlier, that probably would have gone all the way down inside the five at the very least. Yeah, you're at least getting a one-on-one with Burks against this, uh, you know, this deep safety that's coming up. But I mean, right there, that is that's blocked up about as well as you could get it, short of Petit Frere getting uh, getting a piece of that safety or a little bit mm-hmm. more of that safety than than what he did get. Um, so really nice layering of plays there. Um, from the Titans offensive staff and uh, you know that's that's the kind of stuff that you want to see more of um, haven't been able to build off of different concepts and layer plays to where you're really starting to mess with the eyes and and how much linebackers can trust what they're seeing and then there's one more counter that they throw off of that counter look that we already showed and here is you know an rpo run this is they're out of shotgun but you'll see aaron brewer the left guard number 55 at the snap he's pulling which gives the linebackers the linebackers are generally keying the center guard or guard center guard 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 right um so that is generally their key and they're watching where those guys go because that's generally going to take them to the football well, when Brewer pulls, that's going to pull the attention of this linebacker, you know, number five here, Divine Diablo, who is mm-hmm. uh, got one of the he coolest to... in football. What's uh, this, Divine Diablo? Divine Diablo. That's an amazing uh, name. I wasn't even familiar with Mr. Diablo. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. And uh, but you see you see his reaction here. Like he yep. is moving. He's going for that. That immediately uh, crashes the middle here. Yeah, hard. He's biting hard on the play fake, which opens up this window for an easy mm-hmm. completion to Robert Woods for uh, you know roughly 15 yards. Um, this is as easy pitch and catch throw as you can get. Uh, you know, with the, with Woods getting free access on the inside, the linebacker being pulled out of position by the fake. So th- them running that counter previously and showing them that pulling guard gives him something else to think about. So again, it's layering plays and it's super important to this offense to be able to have that misdirection and to keep defenses on their toes. And I thought they did a really nice job of that, uh, especially in the first half, obviously, but as we'll get into uh, a little bit later, I thought the second half was actually not as bad as what maybe it looked like. Okay. So maybe more of an exit execution issue as opposed to a play calling issue exactly exactly um and one other thing you know here that i i I really liked about what they did or actually we've got two more but this one um this is this is something that is relatively new for the titans not that they've never done it before but they've never done it to this degree before um linebackers against the titans get a lot of depth when they read past they are taught to get depth because they are looking for these crossers uh you know all kinds of you know anything running behind them over the middle that is where the titans have feasted over the past three years in this offense and when those linebackers start to back off that opens up a lot underneath and and frankly derrick henry has been such a infrequently used passing threat that teams just don't even care about Henry. They, they ignore Henry as a passing threat and they just let, you know, if, if they're going to throw the ball to Henry, so be it. Um, but we're not going to let you beat a beat you beat us with those crossers. And so the Titans hit these checkdowns to Henry a bunch in this game. And I thought it was a great way. Is there a leading targeted player leading receptions five on the day, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So just look he, at the space that they're giving him here. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, the linebacker. The second one. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the, he's the most islanded player on the entire field right here. Both There's nobody both close to him. Are, 
what, 15 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's nobody home. And, and the other thing that this does is it helps Tannehill. It gives you an outlet, you know, and they'll run a play in the second half that'll highlight that I didn't really like, even though it was open. But I I like them giving Tannehill checkdowns because in the past they really they've been a you know almost a, a burn the ships kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, offense and that uh-huh. if they're gonna pass they're gonna, they're going for it like they're going for the chunk play they're gonna go max protect and they're gonna run these deep deep routes downfield well guess what if if nobody's there that's how you end up taking a bunch of sacks you know because you don't mm-hmm. have the check down options you don't have the you know, break glass, break glass in case of emergency, you know, pitch to to Henry standing 10 feet in front of you. It, just nothing's there. So them incorporating this, I think, gives Tannehill that kind of fallback plan, helps keep them on schedule too, because if you can, if they're going to give you that on a regular basis, then, you know, by all means, take those five, 10, you know, yard chunks down all the way down the field. And if defenses do have to start respecting Henry and coming up and watching him in the in the pass game, that's well, going to open then, the crossers back up. Exactly. So it's it's toying with the defense and their tendencies and kind of working on, um, you know, taking what they give you, so to speak. And I thought the Titans did a much better job of that this week, and, and I really liked the approach that they had offensively. And then one more thing that I really liked in the first half. Uh, this Traylon Burks play, um, his only catch of the game, obviously, but uh, I love them going ISO here. You know, it, it's a lot's been made out of him being mostly a slot receiver at Arkansas. A lot of his yards coming off of screens, coming off of you know go balls and stuff like that. Here's him winning against press man uh, in an ISO situation as the X receiver The the Titans are really, they really do have him on the AJ Brown track. Like AJ Brown had a similar yep. path into the league. It was converted to an X receiver. And here, here's Traylon Burks doing some of the things that, that AJ Brown did for them. And I love this physical route for him. Like watch him get that right hand and just a little throw by on the shoulder. They're never going to call that crap. They just aren't. Nope. It doesn't happen. Never. Um, you know, always the, commit OPI, baby. Always exactly be as physical as you can in your routes, and and with Burks, especially as big as he is, as strong as he is, they he needs to be doing this almost every snap. He'll be borderline unstoppable if he does. Yes. But I love them getting him an ISO snap, and him, and Tannehill going to him quickly. I mean, he sees the matchup and he's going there right away. So mm-hmm. I really like seeing that. I want to see more of it. And uh, I think Burks, despite not having a huge production game, I thought he played really well in this game. He was open a couple other times. We'll get to a, a couple of clips that'll show that. Um, but I, I, I still think the arrow very much pointing up for Traylon Burks. So that's the first half. And that was all a lot of positive things that we saw from the Titans in a half that looked like, I mean, I said after the game that if they can distill that half and and well, actually the opposite to still expand that into a full game on a regular basis. That's a team that's competitive in the AFC. That's a, that's a team that is going to hang with anybody, I think. But on the contrary, in the second half, if this is the team that they are on a regular basis, this is a team that maybe ekes into the playoffs. But that's only because of the division they're in, right? Yeah, it, it was the second half was rough. But it, my initial reaction after the game was, 
same old Titans. They got too conservative. They tried to, you know, nurse this lead across the finish line, hoping that, that you know, the defense just wouldn't give up any points in the second half or, or whatever. But honestly, the play calling wasn't terribly conservative. Um, I wrote a good bit about this this week um, at polkarski.com about the uh, the play calling tendencies in the second half. They ran six of seven first and tens where Henry carries. Don't love them being that committed to just first and 10 always goes to Henry. Um, but right. on second and third downs, they pass the ball on 11 of 15 of those second and third down snaps. So the overall run pass ratio was roughly even. Uh, and, and it was not as conservative as I thought it was. It was conservative, but it was not so extreme that it, it should have failed Honestly, they were let down by execution more so than anything. We can look at a few examples of that. Um, yeah, so here's one that. that, yeah, it distills that execution problem exactly. And we were talking about this before the show. This is something the the Twitter sphere loved to uh, just explode on Ryan Tannehill for throwing an interception because it's right. easy and, and fun and people like to rip on him. But this was something that I think anybody, if you were using your brain and your eyeballs, it was pretty clear at the time he didn't miss this this badly this wasn't a poor decision this was a miscommunication between quarterback and receiver yeah and and it's it's a third and i believe it's 11 was the the down and distance third here. long yep um and part of that was they ran the ball on first down then they got two consecutive penalties uh that pushed which them were back. killing them in the second half the penalties uh, were i mean just bad right and and they they ended up at second and 20 they got a completion to henry to get it down to third and 11 and then they run this play and look, Woods is a veteran receiver, and like I get it, like he's not uh, the guy that you would expect to make this mistake, but he very clearly is running his route about five to seven yards too deep. I think he misses this this cut by at least two full steps, mm-hmm. uh, and you can just see it. Look at look at the timing. Watch watch when Tannehill hits the back of his drop. And lets it go. Now he's got to throw this before Woods goes into his break. Like that's right. the that's the way it has to be timing wise, especially against man coverage. This is what they so have. the ball is already out here, and Woods isn't even starting to make his break. Yeah, Woods hasn't even started to sit down yet. Uh, you can and see the ball, the ball just barely, the little blip right here on the thirty-five yard line, and he's just getting his head around. Meanwhile, the the safety or deep corner here at the forty-seven yard line is eyeing yeah. this ball all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the safety comes over and makes an easy pick, and it looks like, oh, what a terrible throw. The, if if Woods is where he's supposed to be, I'm confident that that ball is where it's supposed to be. Um, and, you know, Tannehill isn't always perfect, but he was very good in this game, and this is 100% on Woods. But that's I mean, how the look, first – where, you, where you've arrowed his route where you believe it should have gone yes. here, breaking just past the 35-yard line right to the right to the stick at the first down marker – Look at where the defender catches this ball. Yeah. He catches it around that area and he catches it low. Yeah. I think the expectation there was that Woods around the 35, 37 yard line would high point this ball and get just enough for a first. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the other routes also, you know, the, there is, uh, I think it's maybe Swaim. Uh, and then on the backside, you've got Burks is running a fly. And then I believe that's NWI at the 35 yard line running mm-hmm. a, an in cut. All those routes are breaking at the same time. This is this is a play where Tannehill picks the matchup that he likes matchup best, base. and he is letting it rip on time, regardless. So that is uh, 
that is kind of a, a predetermined throw, but you know, it obviously it's not going to work unless the guy who's he predetermined to runs the route correctly. <laughs> right, so, runs the right route. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is extremely clearly a, a Robert Woods interception there, and and you know, it, Woods had a great game otherwise, but yeah, not great. Um, so that's how the first drive ends. Then you go to the second drive. They get the ball down, uh, you know, into the Raiders territory. It's third and one. Everyone lost their shit <laughs> when Todd Downing called, you know, anything but a Derrick Henry run on third and short against mm-hmm. the Giants. And then he calls this Derrick Henry run on third and one here. And of course, it gets blown up. Um, and the reason it gets blown up is both of the tackles miss their blocks. Uh, you can see, uh, Dennis Daly, our boy Double D on the left, yeah, kind of just puts his head down and and allows himself to get uh, swam over. Um, it looked like maybe it should have been a double team between him and Swaim uh, blocking down on Bilal Nichols there, but he just yeah, the way he moves to the the way he moves to the second level and continues to block almost makes you think that was a mental error as much as it was at just a miss in terms of physical execution. Very possible. He leaves, Swaim engages, and he leaves him immediately to block at the second level, but Swaim does not have him. Exactly, and and there's no way Swaim should be expected to have him with that angle. I mean, he's blocking. You would not ask your tight end to block down a full gap on an inside run play on third and one. Like, that's no. that's not happening. So, to me, yeah, that is a Dennis Daly. And look, like it may just be that he whiffed on the guy, and then he tried to recover and just block someone else. Fine. But either way, I think Dennis Daly misses the block. And despite that, the Titans would have been okay because if you watch Henry, Henry is actually going to make Nichols miss right there at the point. Yep. But Max Crosby is scot-free because he puts uh, Nicholas Petit-Frere on his keister here. He um, really does. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, that's a that's a bad rep for our boy MPF. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and then Henry just has no chance. So your two tackles not covering themselves in glory here on this third and one. Um, but otherwise, I mean, if you look at the, the interior three, they get pretty good push and, and have, uh, you know, some, some space for Henry to work with, but you know, it's just not going to happen when you miss multiple blocks on the same play. So, um, tough, tough, tough deal there. They obviously go to Burks on the following play ball is a little behind him. Maybe he could have caught it would have been a tough catch in my opinion. Um, and so they, they turn the ball over on downs, but even going forward on fourth down, Obviously not conservative, right? Uh, no. I, I think I liked this decision in the moment. I think that, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts watching the game when they decided to do this? Yeah, I agreed with it just because I, I like the aggressiveness. I like them trying to go, you know, look, you're in that kind of area of the field anyways with it being, uh, you know, plus plus territory but not in field goal range you're in the area of the field where it's pretty much, you know, the analytics would say go for it every time on, on fourth and, you know, short, which it was fourth and four, but um, look, the play was there. It it just wasn't executed. And there was a little bit of pressure on Tannehill on that play. Um, But I I like the decision overall to go for it, even though it backfired there. Um, And then moving to the third drive, this is uh, uh, a play from that, that third drive. You know, Tannehill, I'm not sure why he doesn't cut this ball loose to to Burks, who is working right here. at the bottom of the screen. Yep. Um, Burks wins the route. I mean, that that is like he's not open. wide open, but that's a that's open. Um mm-hmm. 
And Tannehill, you know, it's kind of odd. He he looks at him initially, and then it's like he wants to get a peek back to Woods, and then he comes back, and, and obviously it's too late by that point. This is one of those route combinations, though, that I, I was talking about earlier that I don't like. It's a max protect, but to me, if you're going to run max protect and run a two-man route combination, give me something that's going to at least have some upside to it because the upside on this play is maybe maybe you squeak across you know a first down here maybe um but there's no opportunity for yards after catch no your max gain here is like nine or ten yards um so i don't i don't love them going max protect just to throw a 10 yard out it's just to me that's not it's not necessary one uh if you can't get a 10 yard out off uh with your your offensive line blocking without a ton of help, you're in a lot of trouble anyways. But not giving Tannehill anywhere to put this ball besides just chucking it into the stands, it just it, – it's I don't love this play call. So this is one of the ones where I felt like partially on play calling, but also Tannehill needs to cut this loose to Burks. Um, well, and, and it's, I, it's two routes that are – like we were talking about earlier, they're predetermined essentially. Yeah. I mean, he has to make this decision before either of them make their cut. They're identical routes. Yeah. So there, there's not any, I mean, he's just flipping a coin essentially. Yeah. He's looking at, you know, the matchup he likes better. And, you know, he does look at Burks first, which tells me that he wanted to go there. Um, but I'm not sure what he saw in that. Cause you know, to me, the, the corner's hips are always turned inside, which to me tells me that the throws there, like he's, he's not going to undercut that. Um, so I'm, I'm not entirely sure why he didn't go there. There was another throw that I thought uh, Tannehill strangely didn't take which um this is yep. on uh i think this is the fourth drive of the second half um but they run you know this play action screen which they've they've hit before for some pretty big gains um and if you watch the play you know if you compose it where Tannehill looks to initially make the throw and it's right yeah right there um you know look it's not perfect because the linebacker is like Ben Jones isn't quite there yet uh out to get this linebacker who's coming downhill at Henry but the linebacker is not close enough that he's going to make the play on the ball the linebacker could hit Henry for a loss I get it you don't want to lose yardage on I think this is second and about second and long Mm -hmm. um so I get it you don't want to lose yardage here but you're also in the fourth quarter of a game that you're up by multiple scores at this point. And taking 40 seconds off the clock to me is very valuable in this situation. And look, there's also the opportunity that, Hey, maybe Henry, if you put the ball on the right spot of Henry and lead him to turn back up inside, you give Jones a chance to maybe get a a hand on that linebacker and push him past. And then you've got nothing but green grass for Derrick Henry. So I'm a little surprised he just darted this thing. Um, I thought the opportunity was there to, to at least make the throw and make the linebacker, make a play on Derrick Henry in space, you know, and maybe he would have, but again, I would have traded, uh, you know, a few yards for 40 seconds at that point in the game anyway. So. Right. The the time makes that a very different decision in my eyes. I think I agree with you. If it, if it was just them, if they were in a situation where they needed to drive the field, mm-hmm. I'm not positive that that would be a horrible decision just because yeah. of the third and long it would have been put them in. But the fact that they weren't necessarily trying to drive nearly as much as they were just to end the game right. um, that, yeah, that runoff would have been valuable for sure.
but I, I did like the play call there. I like the idea of of trying to uh, to get that and give them a safe throw. Um, and then finally, this this strip sack, another kind of missed opportunity. Um, and this one comes down to ex- execution. Um, you know, this was uh, yeah, this was late in the game. This might have been their final real drive, but outside of the kneel downs. Um, and they try to go play action boot here. And this is this is a play that they run a good bit. NWI's got to get a better block on Max Crosby than this. And I know, like asking that's a tough matchup, man. To, to block Crosby is tough, but I mean, he doesn't see him coming. He's got to. He's just got to get enough of Crosby that that Tannehill can get the angle. Because if you watch the play develop, Burks is wide, wide open, putting his hand wow. up right there. Yep. Yeah. So it, it is. Uh, an unfortunate missed opportunity. Really, Burks screaming down the middle. This is reminiscent of the the preseason game where Malik just didn't see him screaming down the middle of the field. But Tannehill's a little preoccupied right here. He's got Max Crosby <laughs> bearing down, breathing down his neck. Yeah, it it's tough. And, and yeah, NWI's got to get a better block on uh, on Crosby than he does there. But but otherwise, you know, maybe that that's that could have been a play that basically ended the game because uh, that not only would have given the the Titans a first down but it probably would have put them out near midfield with very little time left in the game so little opportunities like that that this offense was not able to take advantage of and it's a mixed bag like we just talked about you know it's a missed block by a wide receiver it's a missed block by two tackles it's Tannehill not pulling the trigger on a couple passes Um, it's little things here and there more so than a big overarching problem uh, for the Titans. And, and I think it's just, I, you know, you hate to say it's just a coincidence that it happened in the second half, but I, I feel like it is. I, I feel like just watching the game, they didn't really do anything significantly different in the second half. They just didn't execute as well. So it's, um, I don't think the second half issues to me are like a huge concern right now. Obviously you'd love to see that narrative get broken at some point, just because this, this team is traditionally been a very good second half team and and it is important to close games well but they've done it well before um and honestly i don't don't even mind them leaning on henry a little bit more in the second half because he has traditionally been such a good game closer for them yeah um i think eventually that stuff will will work better um but in the meantime i yeah i don't i don't think the second half issues are anything necessarily structural within this team I, i think it's a little bit of them being, you know, basically blown out by the Bills by that point. They had a couple rough plays there, and and the game got out of hand. They put in Malik Willis, and then the Giants game. I did think they got got a little bit conservative in the second half uh, and tried to to nurse out a game where their defense was playing very well, and maybe they thought, yeah, we don't need to score that many more points. We just need to to protect the ball. Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't think that that's like a endemic issue within the offense at this point. Now, Mike, you're known as the rookie bully around here on these Titan streets. And uh, first it was Traylon Burks in the preseason. Mr. Third Team Traylon became an Internet sensation for all the wrong reasons. And now you're here to bully the star of the show lately. Nicholas Petit Freire didn't have a great game, turns out. He did not. You know, my initial thought watching the game live was, you know, he must have played pretty well because Crosby, you know, he made a couple plays here and there, but he wasn't terrorizing Tannehill every snap. Well, on further watch, I don't think Petit Frere had a good game at all. He uh, he really struggled in that matchup with Crosby, which, look, 
third game in the NFL, Max Crosby. I'm not saying that we need to sound the alarm on Petit Frere, but no. this is some of the stuff that you're going to see with a rookie uh, tackle. It, look, and you're seeing it with Evan Neal. You're seeing it with Iki Aquano. Um, those are both top 10 picks. Uh, and they're playing very poorly. But this was the very first play of the game. This pretty much uh, sums it up right here. This still. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is kind of the record scratch. So you might be wondering how I find myself in this predicament <laughs> exactly. uh, moment. But yeah, not even close. Like you're not first even. snap of the game. Yeah. You're not even close to touching him. Barely laid a glove on him. And he's making the tackle in the backfield. So, it, like, again, tough matchup. I, I almost wonder if he's not, if Petit Frere isn't just going the wrong way here. Uh, it's really it, strange how far out he goes. Yeah. Cause this is, this is duo. I mean, they're, they are double teaming uh, and then climbing. And I don't know why the the right tackle, it, it almost looks like he thinks it's outside zone and everyone else is, is running duo. Um, yeah. It, it is very odd uh, kind of his technique here. So I, I'm not sure what was going through his mind, but it almost looks like a mental bust as much as a physical one there. Uh, and then he's got another um, pretty bad whiff here. I'm here uh, on, on Malcolm Kuntz. Malcolm Kuntz, yeah. So this isn't even Crosby. Uh, this one's a little tougher. You know, just not nothing. Like you can't let you can't let a guy win inside on you like that, especially, uh, you know, on this, on this play again, I think this looks like, is this duo as well? It, yep. it, yeah, it is. So, yeah, they're running duo again. You cannot get beat inside on duo. Like, you cannot get beat inside on duo. So, I guarantee you they're harping on that this week with him um, after he got beat twice on the same play in the same way uh, in this game. And, look, it's it's tough. And that the tackles I, – I, I thought Daly was actually okay – they helped both tackles a lot in pass protection. Like it was very rare, honestly, that either of them were on an island. Usually it was a tight end on one side and then the back was chipping to the other side. So they were helping both tackles on most plays, um, which is going to limit the offense to some degree uh, if they have to continue to do that. Uh, but then they may have to. I mean, right now they do. Um, and and I don't think that's going to change uh, this week with Quiddy Pay and, and uh, Yannick Ngakwe on, on tap for the Colts. So Titans tackles are a major concern moving forward. Um, the interior is playing really well on the offensive line. I, I think it's really down to the, these two tackles. I mean, Brewer – Brewer, I think, did give up a pressure or two in this game um, in pass protection. I think he's always going to have a pressure or two. Uh, he's not a great pass blocker right now, but he is playing pretty well in the run game. Um, at least he was uh, this week for sure. So, yeah, the tackles to me, I don't, I don't know what you can do besides just hope they get better. I mean, and you would expect right. – Petit Frere, like you remember how bad Nate Davis was. Yeah, with NPF, the ceiling is there's it's going to be growth over the season. Yeah, yeah. and, and I really there's still like I'm not down on Petit Frere by any means. I think he's going to be a really good player for them, and he's shown he's shown more flashes already than I feel like even uh Nate Davis had by this point, um, as in his rookie season. So there's reason for optimism, but this it's going to take a little bit before he's really a finished product and a guy that you can fully rely upon to, to execute you know play in and play out so um yeah that's that's my rookie hate uh for the week goes on uh nicholas so, so we've got five we got five more quick clips to get through 
and it's a little bit more on the positive side. We've gone super long. Um, it's not the end of the world that we've gone so long. I think people are really going to appreciate um, this in-depth breakdown and for free nonetheless, but we do have more to get to. So let's get through these last five real quick. Um, the last portion of our film breakdown is going to be looking at the defensive side of the ball for the Titans, looking at their interior pass rush and how there's some promise there, but they need help. Yeah, the, the the injury pass rush, Autry Simmons, they're they're playing really good football right now. And they're they're a load to handle on the interior for the Titans. Um and Weaver had his best game, in my opinion, uh so far against the Raiders. Uh, obviously had the sack, had several other pressures, but they need they desperately need some more help because t- way too often what you're seeing right now with the Titans pass rush is one one guy is getting pressure. And that is usually not enough to to create a problem for the quarterback, especially because most of the time it's these interior guys, which, you know, Autry and Simmons are great players, which here I absolutely love this play. Like Autry it's disgusting oh, by Danico Autry right here. I Autry is running play. a pick uh, <laughs> for Jeffrey Simmons. And that is maybe the most vicious pick I've ever seen set on an <laughs> offensive lineman. I mean, just so unnecessary. It's lovely. Um, And then, you know, obviously helps his buddy get some pressure here. The very next play is a very similar play. Like, again, Danico Autry just being an absolute bully uh, to offensive linemen. Um, But the problem is, you know, you see these interior guys get pressure. Derek Carr is a very average, again, you know, puts the guy on the ground. Like, just, just an absolute menace uh, out there. Just running over NFL offensive linemen casually. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't, doesn't seem to break a sweat or break his stride. No, I, I he's, he's one of those guys that like you hear about guys that just love to hit. And I think uh-huh. that is Danico Autry to a T. Um, this is also a phenomenal read and play by Jeffrey Simmons, who picks up on the screen very quickly, uh, despite the fact that he's running a pass rush game here. He and disengages just, immediately. Yeah, and then just goes and claws him down. Uh, but look, Derek Carr is an average athlete. Um he's able to run away from guys like Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry, which Autry and Simmons are, are decent athletes for interior pass rushers, but you need a guy or two that can go hawk down a quarterback. That's what Harold Landry did so well for them the last few years. Bud Dupree can do that as well. Hell, Ola Daney can do that. Um, they need a couple of those guys on the field because Weaver's not that guy. Weaver doesn't have a lot of foot speed. Demarcus Walker doesn't have a lot of foot speed. Uh, they were playing Derek Tuska and Wyatt Ray. Wyatt Ray, I thought actually was okay in this game. Um, but it, they need those guys on the field with them because they got, you've got to be getting multiple guys in the backfield and you've got to have someone back there athletic enough to actually finish the job. So, um, here's another snap with, with Autry just giving a phenomenal rush. He was outstanding in this game. Um, couple games this, in a row for him now. Absolutely should have been intentional grounding. There's no way he's outside the pocket. Uh, so that the car should have had two intentional grounding penalties uh, without a doubt in this game. This is one of them. And then the next one, again, is a similar uh, play with Autry and Weaver working a, uh, a stunt. But it it's Autry's Autry's playing really good football right now. Obviously, last week being a revenge game for him against the Raiders, mm-hmm. he gets another revenge game this week with the Colts. Um, but watch Autry and Weaver on this left side. They run a little game. Weaver gets free, 
And again, this should be grounding. Like you, they just it. they turned grounding off They're in the Madden controls. It was Josh Daniels turned grounding off here. I mean, this one he never moves. He never he, moves laterally. There's anywhere. no movement. He moved straight backwards, yeah. and then he throws it behind the bench. I mean, uh, what <laughs> is grounding if not that? I, I just it's, don't. Yeah, know. it's ridiculous. Um, and then we can go to the last one here, uh, which is um, really just to highlight some of the attention that Jeffrey Simmons gets as, as a pass rusher right now. Um, he's playing at a really high level and teams are respecting him to a huge degree. He's lined up really over the right tackle here with Weaver outside of him and look at the left or watch the right tackle number 77 in his past set. He's, he's one-on-one with Weaver. He knows he is, he doesn't have any help to that side, but he's still so worried about Simmons that he is putting a hand in to try to help his right guard not get destroyed by Jeffrey Simmons. And that creates an opportunity for, for Weaver to just blow by him. On He's not head. expecting Weaver to have that kind of bend either. That's a really great play from Weaver. It was a, it was a fantastic rush from Weaver, but it, it is certainly made easier it's by the courtesy of Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. The gravity of a player like big Jeff. Yeah. So that, that is the Jeff Simmons effect. And, and that is something that all Titans pass rushers benefit from uh, when he's on the field. All right. Well, that is our film breakdown for today. Um, I don't know how often we're going to be doing this. Let us know. Feedback is a gift. If you really enjoyed this and want to see more of it, um, then let us know on Twitter. Let us know um, via DMs or uh, if if you have um, uh, Facebook and you see this on Facebook, make sure to let us know there. Let us know in the, the replies to the podcast version of the show. Let us know in the the comments of the YouTube video that you're probably watching this on. We want to hear what your thoughts on are on this are, and um, maybe we'll do it more often. Could be a every so often thing. We might throw in a little bit of film breakdown in each and every episode. We'll see going forward. But I think that was really um, interesting and informative. I hope you guys at home enjoyed that as well. That is the end of the road, though, for our free listeners. You got extra, extra, extra uh, portion of Mike Herndon show this week. It should last you enough to survive to your next free meal from the Mike Herndon show. I don't know. I hope you gobbled it all up and you can savor it until then. Cause it won't be like this each and every week. If you want the full show and you want this much Mike Herndon show plus more, you got to become a Broadway insider today. Go to broadwaysportsmedia.com. You get this show in its entirety in video and audio form. You also get access to some of our premium articles, early access to some of our premium articles. You get access to special fantasy leagues throughout the year um, you get access. We got some some ideas and uh, fun plans coming up in the future for even more access to us here at Broadway and um, some of the best insider access for Titans and Nashville SC soon to be Predators content that there is. We're really excited about it. And um, you should join now because there's never going to be a time where you can get it for a more affordable price. The base price of just six ninety nine a month. That's, I mean, that's a trip to, to Starbucks. I don't know how poor you might think you are, but I'm almost positive you can afford to not go to Starbucks once this month to get all of this great content. And you can get that first month for just 99 cents. If you use code insider today, when you sign up, and then if you use code annual, you can get the 69.99 annual pass. You don't have to worry about it all year, one payment and you got the whole calendar year. You can get that for just 49.99 right now. If you use code annual, so go and sign up today, get the rest of this episode but everyone listening for free, we got to kick you out now as we get into the rest of the Mike Herndon show where we're going to be breaking down a lot more talking about the Titans versus Colts first divisional game coming up this weekend. Big matchup, a lot to talk about. Some Jim Ursay slander, maybe, definitely. And then uh, we got some uh, Moneymaker Mike 
segment coming up where we're going to be dropping some bets on you, making our insiders that money that they paid to be in here, making it back this week, each and every week from here on out to the rest of the season. A ton of stuff that you're missing if you're not an insider. So go sign up today.